0: I'm Satya Nelms, and this is Our Mother's Gardens. On this show, we discuss the seeds our mother sowed in us, the ways we have grown, and how we learn to blossom. In this space, Black women that have learned to define success on their own terms share stories of their beginnings, healing, and thriving. Welcome and thank you for being a part of this community of mamas, grandmamas, aunties, sisters, cousins, daughters, and friends. In this week's episode, we are in the garden with Christine Mays. Christine is an artist currently living and working in San Francisco, California. Independently trained and a self-described maker for her entire life, she began sculpting with wire after years of drawing, sketching, sewing, and beadwork. Of her current work, Mays says, I am honored and humbled that I can spend my life creating art. So... When you hear the word "mother," what does that word bring to mind, and what does that word mean to you?
1: Hmm. I think that um, when I hear the word "mother," I think I think of um, someone who's a caretaker um, I think of someone who is offering And I know that this isn't, this isn't the instance that everyone lives with, but someone who offers um, love and nurturing in a way that, that moves people forward. So they're able to grow and, um, and is a person who um, offers, I, I mean, they could offer any number of things that would help someone to to grow and to bloom and blossom and move forward in the world in a way in which they're able to survive. And, and also, um, and ideally they're able to, to extend that offering to other people as they grow up. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't have to be, you know, it's, it's not limited to someone who gave birth to a child Mm-hmm. Um or who's uh, related to that
0: child either. Right, right. I love that idea of it not just being, a mother is not just someone who nurtures someone, but nurtures them in such a way that they can pay that nurturing forward. That's such, yeah, I love, that's such a beautiful concept. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so when you think about a mother, Who's the person, or who are the people that come to mind for you? Oh wow,
1: um, so many. <laughs> I mean my my birth mother is my you know my mom is my mother, mm-hmm. and uh, she definitely holds that definition. And um, but I also you know my mom's best friend. Bernice I considered her a second mother um we had some family friends we grew up in a in an odd circumstance where a lot of our family weren't related by blood mm. and we just kind of ended up making a family mm. and so so there were lots of mother figures um and um I had a teacher in junior high that I considered like I would say that she fit into that definition of mothering. Mm-hmm. Um, Mrs. Murray was a music teacher that I had, and I'm still friends with her to this day. Oh, that's <laughs> <And> so, awesome! <laughs> yes, yeah, so I mean, there's there's been you know lots of great women that I've I've been surrounded by. Mm.
0: Um, and if you don't if you don't mind my asking, what? what circumstances allowed for you to grow up in this chosen family of mother figures and women?
1: Wow. Here come the tears. Now my, my, um, my mom got married at 18 years old. And, um, you know, so she basically was like planning her wedding when she was in her senior year of high school. Wow. And, um, she and my father met in high school and he went off to the Navy. So, so they made plans. Um, He was like two years older than her. And so he left after high school, went to the Navy and they kept in touch and they planned to get married. And uh, he came back, you know, she lived in on, she lived in Massachusetts. So, and he was stationed in California. So, wow. So the plan was to come back and and get her. And, you know, they were going to get married. So they, they got married and immediately moved to San Diego after she got married. And then um, he ended up, you know, in the service. And then when he got out of the service, um, at that point, she'd had myself and my older brother, and he died in a car accident when, when she was 24. So, so she was a widow with two kids at 24 in, in California. So, and she herself um, was, she basically lost both of her parents by the time she was 15, so So there wasn't like a situation of like returning home with her kids. It was just, we were just here in California. And um, my father was like a really good, he was very charismatic and very outgoing. And he'd met some neighbors across the street, this couple that had like six kids. And he introduced, you know, he was like, you have to meet them. And my mom was more on the reserved shy um end. And so he was like, You have to meet Isadelle and Eugene. They're they're this great family, and I think you'll really like them. And so they, you know, he took her over there to introduce her, and they all became friends. And that was probably it was less than a year mm-hmm. after that that he died. And so Isadelle and Eugene immediately took us in as like their family members and they they um called their extended family and they helped my mom to plan the funeral because you know she was 24 so she didn't know what to do and then um they just became our family and so i mean i have so it's weird. I have all these cousins that that aren't birth cousins because, I mean, everybody just was like, you know, we're family. Yeah. And we refer to each other as family. So unless someone really is like, well, how are you related? Then, you know, right. then and otherwise the story doesn't really come up. Right.
0: Right. Oh. So that's, I mean, it's heartbreaking, but so beautiful the way that, you know, your chosen family rose up around you guys. And I totally get that. Like I, my, my sisters have a different father than I do. And I have lots of like sisters-in-law, but I just call them my sisters and I don't explain. It's just, that's my sister I have my best friend that I met in college and that's my sister and I don't like I don't feel the need to explain to anyone like how they are my family they are my family because I say they are and that's an agreement that we've entered into together you know and so yeah I totally get that like that's my family because it is (laughs) right (laughs) so what are some of your first memories of being mothered by your mother in this beautiful chosen network of family um you know
1: it's like i have all these like sense memories of of being mothered like i always felt protected and um and safe and um I felt um so I mean my memories are like things of like being tucked into bed Mm -hmm. or um we make jokes with my mom about just her handling of us like um Like, like when we would get ready for school, she would make sure our coats were zipped up like all the way. And so we would do this, this, um, you know, I've acted it out before, just how she would pull, it was kind of stern. She'd pull the, the tab, you know, where it's like hitting you into, in your neck because she's making sure your jacket's <laughs> zipped all the way and she'd do the Vaseline on your face. It right. was winter time, you know, so it's, those are things that I, I felt were like mothering, you know, mm-hmm. but you know um, she always spray starched our clothes for school. So whenever I smell spray starch, that's the immediate, you know, sense memory is, as being a kid in elementary school. Yes. It was, you know, it was like a handful of things like that. Right.
0: Those creases were important. (laughs) Right. Everything had a crease. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So tell me a little bit about what you were like as a kid. What was, what was little Christine like? Um,
1: I was very extremely painfully shy mm. um, I still am shy to an extent I just I act my way out of it most of the time or pretend not to be yes. but if people who know me know that for the most part I'm on the quieter side um, but I was pretty shy um, I would wait like I didn't talk a lot in school or in public Mm-hmm. But as soon as I'd get home, I'd say everything that, that came to mind in the day. And um, what else? Um, definitely an introvert. Um, my mom ended up having a home daycare throughout my whole childhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she basically would would watch the kids of... There, was, there were like all these single moms and she, she would watch their kids while they were at work mm-hmm. and um, So we'd have this house full of kids every day like so I'd get home to all these kids. and then when their parents would come, I would go and get their coats mm-hmm. and and all of the parents were like, oh, she's so nice, but really it was that I wanted them to leave because <laughs> I just wanted peace. And I was like, and then the kids would cry and they'd be like, you, you know, I don't want to go. And my mom would be like, oh, you're coming back tomorrow. And I'd be like, nope, you got to go. Like, (laughs) you have to go. And so, so yeah, I was very quiet, very imaginative. Um, I was, uh, I, I, I think my mom learned that, you know, to say I was punished and to go to my room was not a good punishment because i'd right. be like oh, okay thanks right. <laughs> <You>. <laughs> so she would she would come up with other stuff where i had to be out in the open and more oh. social right so that was more painful than like go to your room
0: right so yeah right go to your room it's like i have this book i haven't meaning to read right. <laughs> thank you it'd be like are you in there are you in there
1: you're not supposed to be in there working on it. Cause I'd make all these little arts and crafts and I'd have, a would have all kinds of books and everything. And she'd be like, no, this is not
0: punishment. punishment. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I could see that. So given who you were as a kid, how do you feel the way that you were mothered was aligned with who you were? in particular? Like, how did, in what ways did your mom mother you differently because of who you were? Oh,
1: it was definitely trial and error. I know that much. Um, in some ways, I felt like she really got it. Mm-hmm. Like, she really understood and in other ways I feel like she didn't
0: Mm
1: -hmm. and um so as an adult I think that like I've mentioned things to her over the last few years things that that didn't work Mm -hmm. and that were that were um hurtful Mm and um at times I think she wonders if i her reaction tells me that she probably thinks I only look at what didn't work, mm-hmm. because she, you know, just from her reaction, she'll be like, well, I was doing the best I could do and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm like, no, but I just want you to know, like this mm-hmm. is a part of who I've become, mm-hmm. but, um, she would, um, She would mother me and and protect I'm sorry i I forgot what the initial question was.
0: That's okay, um yeah, I was just asking what was what was in alignment with who you were, the ways in which she mothered you that were in alignment?
1: Let's see um I think one of the big things like that I see now in my life is. You know, I'm a creative and and I I sculpt and it's all experimental for the most part. Like it's always venturing into something, into the unknown. And she let me experiment as a child. Mm -hmm. Like I was very into like making things all the time. And so she would just let me experiment. And I I know I drove her up the wall because... (laughs) Because if we went to the grocery store and I saw like one of those like home and garden magazines, I'd look through and find like the kids craft that was in there. And I'd be like, can we buy this magazine? And I'd be like, can we do this? And then she would get, you know, do her best to gather up whatever it was. And then if it was a fail, she, I mean, she just let me go for hours with whatever Mm -hmm. it was. But if it was a fail, she'd just say, like, okay, that didn't work. Now clean up all this mess. (laughs) There was never any, like, ah, it didn't work. She just would say, like, well, that didn't work. Like, clean it up. And I remember, I mean, some of it did work. But what I remember is what didn't work and the Mm -hmm. fact that there was no judgment there, that it didn't work. It was just, it was just, like, you know. No big deal. Clean it up. Mm. It was always just like, clean up your mess. (laughs) Let's start over.
0: (laughs) I love that. Clean up and start over.
1: Yeah. It was just like, okay, it didn't work.
0: Yeah. I mean, even that,
1: we have a running joke because every holiday I try to make a gingerbread house from scratch and it would never, I mean, I must have done it like seven times like every Christmas time and then um, at a certain point, my younger brother would just be like, Is it? Did you? Are you done yet? Can we just eat it? Are you done? Because he knew it wouldn't come together. So it just is to clean up your mess. Right.
0: <laughs> and by clean it up, I mean, can we eat it? I just, I want to eat right. it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, that's, I mean, that's such. Okay, I guess I, I like liberating way of being able to think about it. Like it didn't work out. And like you said, instead of getting stuck on the, it didn't work out and being frustrated or lamenting that or any of that, it was just, all right, Well, clean up and begin again, you know, right. to be able to have that as a kid and then carry that through into adulthood. That sense of it may not work out, but I can start over. I can try again. That's really wonderful. So that's what was in alignment. What was challenging for you about the way your mom mothered you? Uh, the challenges.
1: <laughs> Most of them had to do with my personality versus hers is mm. very outgoing and she's a people person and she, um, I mean, now that I'm an adult, we're friends now, and we can, we joke about it. Um, like if we, I mean, she'll talk to strangers. <laughs> she just is like, blah, <laughs> blah, 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 And so uh, for me, there was a lot of, the challenges were that I was so shy and um, sometimes that was misinterpreted. And so it was, um, just instances of her being either uh, short tempered with me about not responding to people or, or you know, like, speak up and hold your head up.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Put your shoulders back when you talk to someone or, or uh, you know, why are you just sitting in the corner? That kind of thing was, whereas I was more prone to sit in the corner and just observe the room than, Mm -hmm. than to be up front and center so so there was uh i don't know if she knows like the depth of of just how awkward that made me feel Mm -hmm. and um yeah i don't i don't think like just recently we were we were um i mean this is still my struggle to this day like Mm -hmm. you know i have to go to art receptions all the time Just because of the nature of what I do. Mm -hmm. And I dread it every single time, like almost to the point where sometimes I'm just mad when it's time to go. (laughs) And and so over the years, I've asked her to go with me, Mm -hmm. which she loves it. I mean, she looks forward to it. Mm -hmm. She's like into planning her outfits. And she's just like, Are we going? And don't you have a thing? And I'm just like, Yeah, we have a thing. (laughs) Yeah. And so she's just like, she's so fired up to go. And meanwhile, I'm on the other end where I'm like anxious and mm. uh, I, I've had a few times of just hyperventilating and just being like, I can't do this. Mm. And so it was only recently, she was telling someone just like a week or two ago, she said, She said, yeah, you know, she came to me and she said, I'm an introvert and I had never really thought about that. And I was like, really? Like, it's been so long. Like, hello, I'm 52 and you just realized I'm an introvert and you're an extrovert. So it's that kind of stuff that's just funny.
0: I bet it explains a lot. (laughs) She's like, like, oh.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I was like, I don't, if I, you know, once I'm in a situation, I can wing it and talk to people and go with it. But I'm extremely fatigued by the time it's done. Mm. And she's just like, yeah, blah, 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 blah. I'm just like, let's go. Let's go now. Like, I'm at my my point of of saturation here. (laughs) I think it was just like a few weeks ago that she really, like it really clicked. (laughs) (laughs)
0: oh my goodness oh um given you know I guess who your mother is and how she is is different from you and also like you said the unique circumstances um around the way that you grew up how did you witness your mom caring for herself? And I guess given the differences in between the, two, between the two of you, did you recognize it as her caring for herself as it was happening? Or is it only something that now looking back on it, it's like, oh, that was her caring for herself?
1: Um, the only... I didn't see her care for herself much.
0: Mm -hmm. I saw her get the scraps of everything. Mm -hmm. So
1: um, for me, that was a lesson to not, like, not go about life in that way. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think, I mean, as a child, I remember waking up like... I don't know, you know, how bedtime was always like at seven or some really ridiculously early hour. But I remember waking up a few hours after being put to bed and she was in the kitchen by herself. And she was, um, she was just sitting at the table. It was like quiet, like the radio was on and she was, she was coloring and And I remember, like, I'll never forget walking in on her. And she was just sitting there quiet, like, with this radio playing. And she was coloring. And um, she had this coloring book that was in, like, a kitchen drawer. that she just, it was her thing. Like, that was, we knew not to touch it. It was her coloring book. Mm -hmm. And, um, And I didn't know about this coloring book until that night when I got up. So I went in there and I was like, what are you doing? She was like, what are you doing? Up? <laughs> and I said, I wanted water, which I just sat, you know, stood there milking it. Like, she was just like, are you done yet? Like, go back to bed. <laughs> and so I think that was like a moment of her mothering herself, mm-hmm. just sort of decompressing from the day. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, I mean, and but I mean, watching her as I grew up, she would buy, you know she would buy like clothes that were sort of just like whatever was clearance, whatever was easy just to throw on um and um she would always be like the last one. She may not like I wouldn't see her eat really. Like mm-hmm like she didn't sit down and eat with us. She was just serving us. And, um, and so now, now that she's older, um, I've, you know, we live together and so I'm able to see her and she, something changed, um, maybe in the last 10 years. And now she buys clothes and she, you know, where i mean she's always loved jewelry so she wears a lot of jewelry and is just very it's it's like um makes me giddy to see her adorn herself and like wear these coordinated outfits and Mm -hmm. she has really uh cool style about her and so that part is fun like Mm -hmm. now that we're now that because i see her i think that's her way of mothering herself now
0: So how, how does that, I guess, how does that affect how you mother yourself?
1: I think I, um, like, um, it's easy for me to see how some of my siblings model my mom as far as like us seeing her constantly go and give all like she would just pour out everything into everyone like Mm -hmm. because um she was a mother to the kids that she took care of every day Mm -hmm. and then you know she would volunteer at our schools and she would and even now like when I go to my art events everyone knows my mom they're like where's your mom (laughs) and and i see her mothering these grown people (laughs) you know where they're just like where's your mom and so um so i've come to realize that like i've had some things go on like with my health and um where i've realized that i was pouring out everything Mm. and uh not taking care of myself well enough and so So I've learned to kind of pull back. And um, so that's a big lesson I've learned from her. Um, I think that may be like one of the biggest lessons as far as taking care of myself. I mean, there's life lessons that that she instilled, like always trust your gut. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I rely heavily on my intuition in that way. Mm -hmm. and um yeah
0: yeah so I love hearing about how you and your mom are friends now you guys are are close what did it take for you guys to get to this place was it a natural progression or how did you get here were your friends
1: it was um It was, well, I got married at 33, I'm 52 now, I got married at 33, and at that point, like, we've never really had any kind of contentious relationship, it just was was sort of just, literally just mother and daughter, mm-hmm. um, and so once I got married, I moved uh, to another city, and i would call her all the time because i just was like trying to understand this whole life of being a married person and mm-hmm. and so i'd call her for advice and i and i'd just you know because of the fact that we weren't in the same city i'd call and talk to her and and so in that regard we became close um and it was more of like woman to woman like mm-hmm. like uh, you know, can you tell me more about this or whatever it was? Mm-hmm. And so, so I felt like there was a shift in our relationship at that point. And then, um, I guess it was like eight years in. Um, my husband and I separated, mm-hmm. and I came back here, um, moved back to to San Francisco, moved with my mom. And um, and so there was like all of this. Um, I felt like things shifted again just because of of now dealing with like the heartbreak of the separation, mm-hmm. and and her sort of consoling and mothering, talking, and um, and then then like a few years later, my husband um, died so mm. there was there was that so we you know it was it was there was a moment I remember there was a moment at his funeral where I was I looked at her and I was like we're both widows like this is so weird mm. and so there's that uh, which is an unfortunate way of relating to one another mm-hmm. but um yeah so there's there's just been like a change over the years, and I think that uh, with each uh, with each chapter, it's been a thing of me seeing her more as a person than just my mom, and mm-hmm. um, which is kind of funny in a way because we spend so much time together, and she goes with me to all of my art events, and I've come to rely on her as like emotional support in a mm-hmm. big sense but um so in that way I feel like like I uh there's some times where I kind of giggle to myself because I have two brothers and two sisters and I'm like I get to have all the time <laughs> <laughs> and like, I have her to me <laughs> but but, it's, but at the same time we we're able to just talk and um and I'm able to see her for the person that she is, which is which is really um, it's just kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah. So I guess as you consider the relationship that you have with your mother, I guess what is what is advice that you would offer. To someone um, who is mothering another person, like what is something that is important to remember or keep in the forefront of your mind as you engage in mothering someone? Oh, wow.
1: Um, I think every every person is an individual. So no one, no one person is gonna be the same. And um, if anything, I see that now because I I watch, because I'm still the observer, <laughs> I'm still the, the quiet observer in the room. But I, I watch my mom and my siblings, um, we all have very, very different personalities. And so I watch her relate to them. And I don't think that any of them feel um, like they're shorted in any way by what she offers them mm. and so it's so it's almost fascinating to watch her relate to each of them and they, they all have that closeness to her in their own way like it's mm. their own mm-hmm. mix you know so and I think that she does realize and she very clearly sees that we're all very different people mm-hmm. and so I think that that's part of the Secret sauce that works. Um, I don't know, and I'm, I, you know, I don't have any children, but I, um, I feel like I've mothered a lot of people, mm-hmm. and um, when I'm with my with my nieces and nephews, I'm very conscious of, um, trying to be aware of like their sensitivities and and. Um, just because I have so many memories of being a kid being misunderstood mm-hmm. or having people, um, seeing adults, uh, I don't think adults are any better than than kids with regards to like adults can be rotten people too, mm-hmm. <laughs> so right. and so, um, so I always keep that in mind as to how I engage, and um, yeah, I think that. But it's like a big deal to me to to really attempt to see um anyone that I engage with in, in that kind of way. Like my nephews and I talk as if I don't know, we just sit down and have a whole conversation. <laughs> and I've had the conversations with them since they were babies where I asked them like, How's your day? What's going on? Even when they couldn't speak. Mm-hmm. And now they when they visit, they they have their um I just I'm like so happy that we have that kind of relationship, that they have their whole, you know, their um one of my nephews is is nine and he he makes out like an itinerary and he's like, Auntie Chrissy, we're gonna do this. I made us some plans and you know, we have a whole conversation every time where he's like, What are you working on? And let me see it. And tell me about it. And then I ask him, like, what's going on at school? And I ask him all these questions. And, and you know, some. I mean, it's not even... I ask him about his favorite video games, which I could care less about, but I'll <laughs> fully listen. Right. And we have a big conversation, just like, you know, someone that I'm talking to that's my own age.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, what I hear you saying is that you you let them be who they are and when they are telling you who they are and what's important to them and you know what they're interested in that you're really listening you know um I think like you said as adults we we can get in this place where it's like oh well whatever is going on with the kids like that's trivial compared to like what's happening in the life of an adult but It's really not. It's certainly not to them. Right. You know, so giving it the same respect as the things you care about is huge. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I remember being a kid. um, I would, you know, we would go on these trips to L.A. And um, it was our our extended family. (laughs) so we'd be there and there'd be a a kitchen full of women and they'd all talk and they, you know, they're like prepping food and they're all talking around the kitchen table. And I would sit on this stool in the corner and I'd have a book with me. And so they would assume because I was a kid that I was just reading a book. Mm -hmm. And most of the time it was a book I'd already read. So I would just sit there and pretend to read, but I'd listen to all of the, stuff going on and i didn't understand most of it but i could tell like the nuance you know there was like the the inflection of the voices and uh i just was fascinated by all of the dialogue happening and then if they they were talking about stuff that kids probably should not hear, then they'd be like oh she's reading her book she's it's not even listening <laughs> and, they, and they just fully assumed I wasn't listening or they might say like what are you reading and I tell them some part of the book and they go oh okay because uh-huh, uh-huh. they didn't really want to hear what I had to say <laughs> they were just like okay go back to reading and I'd like okay and I just continue to listen to them yes yes
0: yeah that yeah being able to be a fly on the wall in the middle of that as a kid must have been fascinating.
1: <laughs> that was hilarious. It was, I mean, I learned a lot about like, just like this community of women and how they support each other. And mm. it, it was just funny, the fact that they really thought that, <laughs> that I could hear them because I was engrossed in some book.
0: Right right thank you for listening to this episode of our mother's gardens if you want to support the show you can make a sustaining donation on patreon by visiting our page our mother's gardens please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a review you can also find us on instagram at our mother's gardens pc our Mother's Gardens is a Honey Bunch of Stinkweed production. The podcast features music produced by Pata.